Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook and cereal dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe and if you enjoy it, Rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Joining me in the studio today is a wonderful chef. Having started his career in a local bakery, he climbed the ranks working under the likes of Marco Pierre White and Michelle Rue Jr. He is now chef patron of three of his own restaurants and has also written three cookbooks. Having famously won Great British Menu in 2006, he is now a regular on our televisions on Saturday Kitchen and more, and has also starred in his own show, Bren's Kitchen. Welcome to the studio, Bren Williams. Thank you. Hello, and how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very well. well where have you come from on this slightly wet Very afternoon? wet. When I left Odette's and Primrose Hill, it was sunny. Well, I wouldn't say sunny, it wasn't raining. Got out in Old Street checking it down yeah, so, yeah. that's right it's East London for you isn't is that it? it's is just it? wet and grey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so thank you for being here um, so let's go back to the very beginning when you were a very young boy I know that you fell in love with food at a very early age yes what, what was it in particular was there a kind of moment I think um, connections of food was, was very early on so coming from a farming culture farming background family so I never actually lived on a farm but all my relatives farmers um, my dad used to live on a farm decided not to go down that path he was more a mechanic mm-hmm. but farming was in our blood so quite often as a kid I'd go down to my uncle's farm he'd have um, a farm shop selling fruits and veggies and milk um, so I was always there every weekend with my dad saw my brothers so we used to plant potatoes go and pick potatoes I remember one summer you know getting my mum's nerves I'm one of three boys so you can imagine the summer holidays driving your mum crazy <laughs> she sent us down to the farm go and pick some potatoes we go and pick them we throw half them at each other you know wasting <laughs> food all the rest of it go home give them to my mum two hours later we'd be eating them but we took that for granted because we come from the countryside yeah. and I think when people think we need to change what we do we don't need to change. We need to do what we used to do. Mm-hmm. Is go back to the, back to what how life used to be in some quarters. So food is, you know. I remember. I don't think I had milk out of a container until I was eleven. Wow. We used to go to the farm, get a bit. It was a four liter. You can imagine a jug, a four liter plastic jug, full of milk. Heavy. Heavy. Warm. Warm. And you'd have a bit of foam on top of it, so you had your own cappuccino on your breakfast. So living, you know, living North Wales. You know, you, you were just always around food. And I was, we took it for granted, as I said. But then growing up as a kid, we first went to a local bakery, like you touched an intro, um, and that was it. I was hooked on bread. So I remember, I actually feel, I don't remember mo- much in primary school, but I remember walking 
to the bakery hand in hand with a girl called Fionn. I remember it. <laughs> I was, you know, you had to. Yeah, I remember that. Holding hands. Two, holding up. Yeah, you had just two and, by two. Exactly. Yeah, got there, made bread. Didn't win a competition, but that was one of the best ones, and I just loved it ever since that. And then my, apparently, my father always says I was going on about him every week, every every weekend. I want to go to the bakery. So I remember my dad walking me into the bakery when I just started high school. Said, can you please give him a job because he's getting on my nerves. Um, so I got into the bakery, 60p an hour. 60p an hour. 60, that's how old I am. I don't know if, I was, if I'm really old or slave labour. I'm not sure which one it <laughs> is. Both, I think. Uh, yeah. I remember brushing a floor, um, making cups of tea, making coffee, carrying a bread. In the bakery? In the bakery. Did you do kind of normal shifts? Because no, I've worked in a bakery and it, you know, I, my, I started at kind of 4am, but I doubt, yeah, would they let you do that when you not as a, no, When I was 12, I started at 9 o'clock yeah, till okay. 1 o'clock. But okay. as I got older, I was there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Those hours I just got loved rapier. it. Yeah, and yeah. I just, my love of food really came from the bakery and Alvin Thomas mm-hmm. and Denby. Just his passion, his, his enthusiasm to teach people, to show people. It was amazing. So that's when my real passion for food came about. Okay. And then you went on to catering college in, in Wales as in well. In Wales, in Cambridge. And then worked under some pretty legendary chefs yeah. for a, quite a long time. You worked on, with Marco for three years. Three years, yeah. I'm a stick of a punishment. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah. what was it like? Do you know what? It's, it's a little bit... It's some big, big personalities it's there. It's a big personality, and I think... I remember leaving... Um, I worked for a chef called Carl Swift in, in a restaurant called Café Nizwa in mm-hmm. Colbin Bay. And I just... It was two of us in the kitchen. The kitchen was half the size of this room. Um, we were feeding 20 people a night um, and he'd work for Raymond Blanc okay so the food that we were doing stock. yeah it was very good stock the food that we were doing was, was completely different to what was in North Wales I thrived on that kind of you know attention to detail working with him he saw something in me I remember that when the caterer came out one day Michael Pierre I was looking for chefs My so Carl literally he phoned the number gave me the phone right wow. so I remember talking to Roger Pisey the executive pastry chef just said just want to learn just want to see so I went there for three years I just I just like work. was that the criterion yeah yes. it was the criterion I just think there's some great chefs being through that kitchen yeah and the, what you learned in that kitchen you know you'd pay him if I'm honest you know, <laughs> in this day and, you know what, what you've gained from it you know there's a lot to be said about putting yourself in a position that others don't want to be in mm-hmm. because you work yes you work long hours yes it was tough but you know what it's a bit like a stock a bit like a Stockholm syndrome when you leave it and you're thinking am I doing the right thing because it, it was that hard work in there but um yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved, loved it. it. Yeah. You st- you, do you has he been to your restaurants? Now? No. I don't oh, yeah. I, I don't think he no. I don't think if I walked past him I don't think he recognized me but Oh, you never know. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. Um, and then you went on to do the Great British Menu in 2006. I do yes. know that. Did you feel phased by the idea of cooking on television? Because you were still quite I was, green then. I was like very say. green. I was. Do you know what? I said no about three times to this. <laughs> really? Uh, yes, because I'd left. I'd worked at Gavis for three years. Um, no, sorry, worked at Michael Pay for three years. Then moved on to the Gavis for three years. So maybe I was a little bit above my station. Again, you know, it's all about the craft, all yeah, about yeah. the food, and that time of year. 2005, six, um, Big Brother was all out. All that kind of yeah. new TV programs. And Great British Menu was young. It was. It was the first series. First, 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 first series. series. Yeah, so nobody first no, or second. No, first, nobody's seen it yet. And there's a lot of um, um, Big Brothers, all that kind of reality programs yeah. going. On. I just thought, you know, I've not done six, seven years of my life to, to learn my trade, just to 
not piss up the wall, but to disrespect your trade, yeah, I no, didn't I want to that. do it. So I moved to the Orrery in Melbourne High Street, working with Terrence Conran and Chris Galvin, and then the restaurant manager one day said, oh, you're Welsh. I said, yeah, I am. She goes, oh, we have a Welsh customer here. She mentioned to me that they're doing a new TV programme called Great British Menus. Can she phone you? And I went, yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. And then six months went by, no phone calls. Seventh month, get a phone call. Would you do this TV programme? Um, she, well, she personally explained it, but the production team explained it. You're cooking against, there's a competition element, you get voted by the public. And the minute voting by the public, was said, are, I was like, oh, I was out. out. I was like, no, you're okay, I don't want to do that. And then three or four times after, I asked again, are you sure? I said, no. I said, you are representing Wales. I said, I don't care. <laughs> and then to top it all off, Pat Llewellyn, she sadly passed away mm-hmm. 18 months ago. She was the, the owner with her husband, Ben, of Optum TV. So she founded Two Fat Ladies. Um, yeah. Harry Bikers, Jamie, the first uh, Welsh girl. So it's funny how the people say the Welsh mafia in London is is very um, dominant, which is very true. She phoned me up speaking Welsh, wow. saying you need to do this program. She she spilt the beans and said who was doing it, and then that's how I did it. And then I never looked back. Because and you were you were cooking against, against Angela. Angela. Yeah, I may have watched some of those old clips you, yeah. this morning. Yeah, I had, very feisty. You was two. I was Great I great with each other. Well, you, do, you, you were both younger. Yeah, both very younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, it was. I was, I think I was twenty-eight. I wasn't even a head chef; I was a sous chef at the time. Um, and cooking against Anders, you know, she, yeah, you know, yeah, she, she was, was I mean, amazing it, chef. She, yeah. you know, and you just think, do you know what, I'll do it, see what happens, and yeah, the rest is history. I bet it was fun. Was it fun? Do you know what? It was fun because I didn't. Because nothing had been on TV like that before. You didn't realise the consequences of it. You just mm-hmm. thought, do you know what? I'm going to go on. I'm going to cook, do my stuff. And whatever and happens, happens. I think now when people do a lot of TV, you know, social media, there's mm. people being judged. So it was completely carefree, if I'm honest, because it was all about the food, mm-hmm. which is what it should be in, yeah. in a cookery competition cookery show, or cookery yeah. programme. Yeah. Okay, so let's chat about entertaining. Do you like to entertain? Do you have yes. much time? You probably don't have much time. My wife would say, it'll cook for 10 people or more, but never for me. <laughs> so you do okay. Yeah. So entertaining trumps. That's good. I like yeah. that. So what's a bit of a kind of signature dish for you then when you're entertaining? Just with kind of loose friends, like relaxing. Loose friends. Evening. Quite often it'll be a shoulder of lamb mm-hmm. cooked over bullinger potato, so all the fat drips into yeah. the potato. Simple green salad with a load of chopped mint and spring onions to it. And that's Yum, a lot. I and, love mint and, and salad. And some nice bit of bread and a bottle of red. Yeah. So if my friends come around they sort of know they know what they, they're getting they know what they're getting it's going to be middle of the table help yourself nice. it might be braised beef with the boulanger potatoes but things in the middle of the table I can prepare it leave it help yourself yeah and host yeah. I think it's all about that kind of bung it in the oven situation yes, I well. think so because when you start plating this you, you might as well be in work yeah well exactly especially you know, for you yeah. what about I, pudding pudding oh yeah normally it's it varies really I, you know, I've got into massively at the moment steam puddings with golden syrup and custard that kind of really hard gosh that's old school it's proper old school but I don't know, my it's got to be done well that otherwise it's kind of gives me a bit weird hideous nightmares my dad said to me once said, spotted dick could, could, and stuff exactly that goes can you do, do me spotted dick and I said oh, okay I'll look at it but I did it with steam sponge pudding instead yeah. oh my god if you he was had, happy. He was. I was. I was happy. It was absolutely beautiful. Okay. It's getting that lightness, getting it. You know, baking yeah. powder, nice and light. Golden syrup on the bottom. Steam it for a couple of hours, and then a nice homemade custard. I just think, yeah, don't play tenth up at home. It's in the middle of the table. You do. Nice. Yeah, I'm not there to work. I'm there to cook, not to yeah. work. 
And then what about if you were kind of really trying to impress? Maybe if you were kind of cooking for the Queen again, what would you cook? And you were plating probably were this plates. time. I think scallops or something like that. You know, I'm a big sucker for scallops. So scallops cooked raw, you know, whatever, you know, sliced whole. Crudo. Yeah, just back of the shell, baked or anything scallops really. Scallops. Do you, yeah. do you kind of dive for your own I scallops? I do, yeah. As you mentioned before, I, I had the TV series in, on S4C in the Welsh language. We went diving for scallops. Um, which I'd never done before, and we dived in Pwllgelly up in North Wales, and we I got some like 24, 25 scallops in a space of half an hour. And I said to the producer, listen, I've never caught scallops before, and I certainly haven't cooked scallops when only an hour out of the water. So we, <laughs> we were supposed to be on our lunch break. We went to the local petrol station, bought a barbecue, you know, the little disposable yeah, yeah. barbecues. We sat on a beach, I opened them and I cooked them in the shells. It was one of the best scallops. Did you do it on film? On film. Oh, yeah. brilliant. So series one of, of Kegging Brin, which is Brin's Kitchen in well in English. I uh, yeah. did, I was going to try and pronounce yeah. that in the intro and I thought Kegging I'd best Brin. leave it to yeah. you. Okay. But they're Kegging beautiful. Brin. Just cooking scallops, literally, they were no more than an hour old out of oh, the water. Just, just with that bit of butter. Just a bit of garlic butter. I did some yeah. chaviche, just salt, lemon juice, olive oil and just let them sit Yum. for a minute or so yeah yum was yeah yum Delicious. was one big word so, yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of people shy away from entertaining for fear of messing up in the kitchen do you have any tips for the novice cook yeah massive I think I think my wife did it the other day which is a schoolboy. why do something you've never done before yeah. I think that's the biggest thing don't inviting your friends and family over is not time to experiment it's a time to not you can sort of say show off so know what you're cooking so if your signature dish is a bolognese just do the best bolognese yeah. you possibly can and then grow from there don't do anything you haven't done before and I always think a cold starter yeah I always think a cold starter if you've got any friends like mine there's always one about 40 minutes late Yeah, his name's Matty Lloyd <laughs> which is my friend he's always late so there's no point doing a hot starter it to be cold so start yeah. for the cold starter have the have the, the main course done and resting and then a dessert in a big big bowl yeah okay cool any, any kind of top Cold starters, the go-tos. Ooh, at the moment, loads. You know, we're getting into spring and all that. So, asparagus, I always think, is a good one. Yeah, you can do a yummy. big, big platter and just put everything on a big platter and just share it all. Then people, again, people help themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't put anything on a plate. It gets the conversation going as well. It I does, think yeah. having yeah. It, that, people that start sharing it. And then if somebody doesn't like, for instance, I didn't realise one of my best friends doesn't like mushrooms. I didn't. I didn't know that. Mushrooms are a lot of people don't yeah. like mushrooms, you know. But when you've been on skiing holidays, weekends away, you know, you you really don't know your friends as much as you think you do, yeah. unless you sit around the table. So I use. I think I did like a mushroom salad and mm -hmm. he's picking out all the mushrooms and I realised you don't like mushrooms he goes no I ate them I said, okay fine so by putting something in the middle of the table you get to know what people like what they like yeah. or, or, and their dislikes as well yeah. so they just leave it to one side have you got any dislikes? I'm not big on offal if I'm honest offal if I cook it myself yeah that's fine but offal if I go out for offal I'll pass decide. I'll pass on it yeah okay and yeah. um, favourite ingredient? ooh I go back to scallops. Scallops is one of my favourite ingredients. Yeah, okay. just one of those things. Um, and I think you know, any slow cooked meat, you know, like a pork belly mm -hmm. or a lamb shoulder, even an oxtail, boned out oxtail and stuffed with a farce and rolled and cooked slowly. Those kind of labour of love kind of dishes. I, I love that kind of cooking. Okay. Your second book The Love of Veg yes. great title by the way I love that yeah. I, uh, which celebrates kind of it's not vegetarian but no. it, it does kind of celebrate putting vegetables at kind of the, yes. the heart of the table 
What is it about vegetables and that make you excited? What's your ethos there? You have to think a lot harder. Yeah. And I think when you're growing up as a chef, you always want to get onto the meat or the fish. You want to bypass the You want veg. to get out of the salad section. Yes, yeah. you want to get past that. You want to bypass the veg section. Mm-hmm. And I always, as, as a kid growing up, I used to think, I don't mind doing the veg because I gave that section as much attention and detail and love as I did the meat or fish. So I, as oh, this only really happened when I bought my when, when I opened a debt 12 years ago, you'd see people not that interested in cooking vegetables. And you think, well, why? Well, I want to do the meat or fish. Yeah, but what's the point of having a great piece of meat or fish if the vegetables are not cooked that mm-hmm. well? And, they, and the penny starts to drop with, I don't want to say kids, but with young chefs. So for me, the ethos is always, if you, you've got to give all my restaurants, we cook the veg with the same amount of attention to detail as we do meat or fish and the same respect. And I think when you do that, vegetables come... They come part of the plate, not a little side dish mm-hmm. on the plate. So I'm not vegetarian myself, but I could easily be vegetarian if somebody cooks it with a bit of love and a bit of design, a bit of passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you seeing more kind of vegetarian or plant-based diners coming yes. into the restaurant? Yes. You know, we in Odette's we have a vegetarian tasting menu. Quite often, you know, you sell maybe thirty percent of wow. vegetarian. Yeah, quite a lot, and then. I started off when this happened about three, four years ago, asking, oh, are you vegetarian? No, I'm not. I just want to be something a bit lighter. So I've stopped asking people now if they're vegetarian or not. They just Some people just want a lighter meal or they just think, you know, the carbon footprint with all the beef and all the rest of it, which I tend to disagree with in some form, in some forms, but they just want a lighter dish and be a bit more healthier. You know, if we get all the beef rather than, I'm going to say all the beef, the entire animal if you mm-hmm. used it all up and stopped flying avocados all over the world yeah, and yeah. all the rest and of it and getting beef from New Zealand yeah using Meduka honey thinking that's okay because it's honey yeah, but it's still on the same plane <laughs> so it doesn't have a private jet coming over so it's it's on the same plane as the beef so I just think we've got to look a bit more sensible and I, like going back to the first conversation people used to eat from nose to tail yeah that was not a gimmick it wasn't fashionable it's what they did because they had to. And I think now people can go, no, I only eat breast of chicken or just a fillet of beef. Mm. You go, what about the rest of the animal? No, I don't want it. That's the problem, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's about respecting food, yes. really, isn't it? And yeah. it's in its entirety. Yes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what about disasters because I think even oh. the best cooks have had them. Can you tell me about it? Yeah. It can be in the kitchen, it can be at home, it can be on TV. I remember one of the biggest disasters I had as a as a kid 
Um, and that's, this is my biggest one. When I was working in the pub in North Wales, we had a wedding on <laughs> and we made um, uh, croquette potatoes. So mm-hmm. you make like a soft mashed potato, you roll it in um, flour, egg and breadcrumbs and you deep fry it. So I remember the head Delicious. chef saying to me, yeah, when you get it right, yes, yeah, it's really delicious. Good. He said, uh, make sure you do a tester of it. So what he meant by that, you make one portion up, deep fry it to make sure it doesn't fall apart, make sure it's got enough butter in it or not too much butter, it's seasoned, all the rest of it. Being a young chef, I'm also being a little bit cocky as well, like we all do, didn't do a tester on it. So we go, we go to the main course now, right, potatoes in, they all just fall mm. apart. So, I t- so we had to, the head chef, and I can remember the words he said to me, which I can't really, re- really repeat, <laughs> but um, we had to put it, all the potatoes. So you imagine I spent all morning doing this. So we put them in deep fryer. It just, it was just like water. So we had to put them all back in a pan, heat it up like you would a mashed potato with all these breadcrumbs in it. Then put all the breadcrumbs on top, but then stick underneath the grill. So that was one of my biggest disasters. And somebody's wedding as oh well. Oh my gosh! And I, Did they bet they didn't even notice? Did, did, do you know what? Most they knew they were getting these potatoes. You know. Yeah. But. Must have been in the enjoyment of all and just got married, didn't even notice. Yeah, and I bet they still tasted great. But the rude awakening I got, oh my God. So that is one of my <laughs> biggest things. And I always say now to any young chef, do a tester. Yeah, yeah, and always I, test it. I will always tell that story because you might think you're okay, but if you're safe, do a tester. I have yeah. a similar situation. I remember cooking fish cakes for this big supper club and I was cooking for 50 people in the in a in a pub that I'd never cooked in. So it was a foreign kitchen. Yeah. I was using their room upstairs and I had this one kind of food critic person who was coming who couldn't eat, I think it was chili or something. And I was okay. making these kind of fish cakes, but they were almost like almost like a fish kofta. Yeah, okay. It was yeah, pretty yeah. much just fish. Just fish, no breakfast. And egg. Egg was binding it. That was it. And I'd made this specific separate one for her that didn't have any chili in because they were kind of spiced with the chamula. And I only had one. I only had one and that was it. And I put it in the pan and it just fell apart. And I just, did, I just didn't know yeah. what to do. I had to go up and kind of apologize and then just serve this kind of like deconstructed. Yeah, yeah deconstructed, that's, a good one, that's a good one. Deconstructed yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. Always, always try it. Check, always test, always test what you do. Never be that confidence that everything that you do turns to gold because it doesn't always and things always go wrong I yeah. always say I think every time if that whenever there's a big thing going big thing going on there will always be some sort of hiccup yeah, you just kind of have to roll with and it how you deal with it but yeah. sometimes if you only had one yeah then you, then yeah. You, you left yourself no option to do anything so yeah always have a backup as well yeah so what about most memorable kind of dinner parties or meals kind of what's been your most memorable dining experience I remember one one of the greatest dinners I've had is out in Guy Savoie in Paris. Um, Do you, is that where you, when you were working in France? Were you working in Paris? No, I worked in no, I worked in Nice in Hotel Agrisco in okay. Nice. Um, so very nice. As well. Yeah, very very nice. So classic French cooker is my first love after my wife, you could say. <laughs> um, but that's my that's my real passion. So cooking there, um, I went to eat there. Sorry for dinner, and um, my my wife. We were married at the time. And um, we walked in there. Had I been there a couple of times without my girlfriend at the time? Walked in there, um, and then just had one of the, the best meals ever. And then we got to the kitchen, and it's just it's on two floors. It was just one of those meals that it just sticks in the mind. I can remember what I ate. What did you eat? Well, they have a, a bread trolley there. So Ooh, if you, wow. yeah, exactly. So your eyes lit up. They had a bread like trolley. Instead of a cheese trolley or a well, there's trolley. a there's a cheese trolley as mm. well, and there's a 
P- um, Petty Four trolley as oh, well. Wow. So, yeah, so, so I remember having um, his classic dish, which is soup of um, artichokes with foie gras and truffle butter. Then I had a poached turbot with um, hollandaise with crispy bacon, which was served in two different ways. And then he, d- he does a very famous dessert, pom pom pom, which is apple, apple, apple. Not mm-hmm. people think it's potato, but it's not. It's, it's, apple, it's apple. Um, but yeah, just fantastic. And always bread, Charlie's great. That was one of the most memorable meals I had. And I think it was there about four and a half hours. Wow. But it was just stunning. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at geese in um, Michel Brau as well. He was, sadly, he's handed back his stars, but top of the mountain in, in, in Lagiol. That was a fantastic meal as well. So I had a couple of really, re- yeah, some really top ones. Yeah. What about um, eating out in London? Have you got any kind of hot spots? Yeah, I think do you know what we're so lucky in London, aren't we? Yeah, the amount of places we have. There's so much different choice. You know, from Brick Lane to Mayfair. Mm. It, 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 people tend to think, yeah, London's got a great food, a food scene but you have to pay for it. You can find some amazing places, you know, as a pop-up, as a, you know, as a street vendors, whatever. But I just think, from, you know, a bagel in Brick Lane. So you know, good. It's so good. It's just one of those things, you know, if, if you ever come to London, you have to get down yeah. to Brick Lane, see the bagels, get in that queue, have your smoked salmon, have the brisket, whatever you want to do. But just things like that. Then restaurant terms, I like Rocker. Yeah, I, I like Rocker. Rocker. I like eating Rocker quite a lot. Um, Entrecote in Marlborough Lane, mm-hmm. you know, for one of good steak and chips, I quite like the, the sauce and the simplicity of just, you get what you're given, you get a salad if you don't like it or not. You <laughs> choose your, your, again, going back to the French kind of way of cooking, you choose your steak, rare, medium, well done, you get the chips, and then there's a couple of classic desserts in there. Um, but, I, you know, as a chef, you try and eat in so many different places, and as yeah. you constantly, I'd say every fortnight, you, you're trying to eat something new, all the time, but it's not always of the same cuisine or same standard or same price point. You're always trying to find new things. So yeah, I good. guess to stay on top of your game, then it really. It, yes, I know, but I just love food. Mm-hmm. So eating out for me is is so much enjoyment. So people always think, as a chef, you're going out to check competition. Yes, you pick up ideas. You know, it, you know, it's like comparing two chefs, two artists. You either mm. like that artwork on yeah. the wall or you don't. Sometimes you can't explain why you like someone's style. So, you know, there's no right or wrong in food. You know, you either you like it or you don't. You know, the ones that you don't like might be the most technical bit of food you've ever eaten, but you just don't like it, which is fine. So, f- as a chef, eating out in different places, you learn so much, you see different, you meet some great people in our, in our trade. Um, there's a pop-up at the moment just round the corner from, from Sabor in um, South Region Street called um, Pacific, which a young lad from Australia has come over. Yeah, I've heard Amazing. lots about that. It's kind Amazing. of like fusion sushi. Sushi is sushi is Australian, Australian influence, Japanese, yeah. isn't it? And the, one of the best dishes I've tasted to well, I, I ate there late 2019, but I would go and far and say I've already eaten my best dish of 2020. Mm, what was it? Because I'm going to go there it's soon. It's sprout. It's roasted sprouts with kimchi. Love a sprout. Sprouts it's, do not get enough attention post December. You go, go and taste these sprouts. I hope I said to him. I just love it that your favourite dish. I just said sprouts. To him, I said, do not take these off the menu. <laughs> these are absolutely okay, out of this world. And he looked at me saying, they're only sprouts. I said, yeah, I know they're only sprouts, but the flavour of them. So yeah, roasted sprouts with kimchi. You just got to go out just for that. I was eating with my daughter, and literally because you know sushi comes and when it's ready. By the time I actually got to him, she'd eaten the whole bowl. I had to order another one. <laughs> so that tells you if you can get good taste, get your daughter to eat green vegetables, they must be good. Okay, yeah. cool. Pacific London. Okay, wonderful. So coming to the end, 
I always like to ask, what would be your top three ingredients that you advise to always have in the kitchen? I think in the kitchen, as a chef, you always go salt, butter, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a rapeseed or an olive oil. I think if you have all that, there's, there's, you can elevate a lot of dishes mm-hmm. or, or but get the best out of something by using those three ingredients. Yeah, so they've got salt, to be butter, oil. Yeah, I mean, yeah. key, key, key to, to life. To be, yeah, they're key to life. Without them, you know, when people when people say no salt, you're thinking. You know, I remember working for Marco. He goes, "Oi, customers don't pay extra for salt, so season it." Yeah, that's interesting. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, they're not, not going to put a supplement on it, so season, the, season the bloody thing. <laughs> so salt just brings out flavour if you cook it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you could have anyone in the world to your ultimate dinner party, three people, alive or dead, who would you have? You know, I, there's a lot, of, lot to be said about this. Um, as a massive sports fan, you know, I love, you know, Liverpool's my team, so. You know, having dinner with someone like Kenny Daglish, Bruce Grobler, Ian Mulby, those that kind of kind of what. But obviously, that would be amazing. But I'd never had all my grandparents mm-hmm. in one room. You know, I, mm-hmm. when I was born, um, my grandfather passed away, so I'd, I'd met three, but I'd not had all four of them. So for me, every time somebody asked me, I'd say, "All my grandparents, just in a room, just for twenty, just for just for just for dinner." Yeah. Just, to, just to have a chat because as you get a bit older you realise where you can somebody shaped you along the way yeah. and to have all them in one room if, if somebody's listening to this and they're, they're lucky enough to have all their grandparents in one room just just savour that moment because not everybody has it yeah. for me it'd have to be all my grandparents in one room That's really or, over dinner yeah. I bet they'd have great stories as well exactly you would hear those stories yeah. when you, you know, how, how how they're how they're brought up and all the rest of it. So by having it, and I think as an adult, there's something a bit more special in it mm-hmm. rather than a kid. Because a kid, you know, your grandparents babysit you, yeah, get to get to much. bed, they serve you rubbish food, whatever you think, you know. But as an adult, you just go. I'd really like to talk to them on a level. So I think my grandparents, all all four in one room, and myself. That's it. I'd be and happy. Some scallops for supper. Scallops and a glass of red. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of bread. Well, thank you so much. That thank was you. fantastic. And just for anybody who doesn't know, where can people come and eat your food? Where are your restaurants? You can take your pick, really. So that's restaurants in Primrose Hill, uh, which has been there for twelve years this year. Um, if you ever go to up to North Wales, so we've got a nice little restaurant, well, a bistro on a beach called Brew Williams at Portheras in Colwyn Bay. And the new one, which is called Brim Williams at Somerset House, which is more, a bit more of a plant-based uh, restaurant. So there's a little bit less meat and fish there, but a lot more plant-based space. So it's beautiful as well. The interiors are beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful around there it's anyway, It's a beautiful it? building, but, Somerset yeah. House. It's one of those iconic buildings of London. I think it, it should be um, highlighted a bit more as well. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Thanks for that. Thank you much indeed. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.